Hey everybody, this is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And if you're listening to this in the year 2320 AD, we're all dead. This is Coast to Coast to Coast. Um, I would say speak <laughs> for yourself, Jeff. <laughs> Remember, you know, talked about the immortality episode, and I feel pretty good about, you know, living a while or, or time traveling to that time, possibly. So I don't want to, you know, count us out just yet. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a shame. Speaking of shames, here's the movie cliche of the day. Uh, <laughs> uh, the movie cliche of the day is Cars never start in the first try in an escape. If the bad guy or the monster is coming for you, you'll have to try three or four times to start the engine before it'll finally cooperate. It seems to happen a lot uh, in movies where someone's being chased, they go into the car, they start the engine, they get a little pissed off because the engine doesn't, doesn't turn on or turn over. And it's always strange to me because like nowadays that doesn't really, doesn't really happen like at all. I guess I can see it happening for a car that didn't have, that has like the combustion engine. But because, you know, a lot of cars have like, well, I guess I'm talking for someone who has a Prius. Um, I don't have that problem, like, ever. So, you guys. <laughs> It'd be a funny scene in a movie. Like, you're trying to get a- away in a Prius, but the Prius, it has very slow acceleration, you know? I've driven a Prius. <laughs> so, like, you couldn't get away because the Prius is too slow. And then maybe <laughs> um, and then maybe someone else in, like, uh, what's the opposite car? Like a Jeep Wrangler or something? Like they get away easily, and then it, it's like a commercial for Jeep Wrangler. Like Jeep, <laughs> you can escape. Escape the killer. Have a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Um, you know. You know what's funny? Sorry. You know what's funny about those scenes? I'm always surprised that um they never try to use the car to run over the monster. Right? They just use it to escape. <laughs> but like yeah. they could probably <laughs> like cut to the chase and, and just kill the monster right there. Yeah, I yeah. also don't. I also don't like in movies where they go into a car and then they look up and in the visor on the top the keys are there. Like I would never leave my keys in the car ever. <laughs> happens a lot. Like, happens a lot in movies. To come to think of it, and I'm like, what moron does that? I'm like, idiot! You deserve to have your car stolen. You Wait, know? how how do you get into the car if the keys are in the visor of the car? They 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 leave the door unlocked. You get inside, and you're like, uh, and you first first you go, oh damn, and then someone's like, check the visor, and the keys fall down. Yeah, that, yeah. that happened a lot. Yeah, I don't know. People in cars, man. I'll tell you, you know, um, Apple just made um, they made it so that your phone can be your car key. Did you see that? You like that idea? No, no, I don't like any of this technology, but it's <laughs> it's fascinating. Well, what's going to happen is like in the future if you misplace your your phone, that's it. Your, your yeah. life is over. <laughs> like, like you don't have your credit card, you don't have the key to your car, you can't contact anybody, you're dead. <laughs> you don't know anyone's yep. phone number either. Right, right. Yeah. You can't call it <laughs> Nobody knows anyone's number anymore. It, yeah. It's like your life. And then, yeah, you'll have to have it like surgically implanted onto you so you never lose it. That'll be I the think next that's, step. I think that is the next step. Yeah, people are going to have 
there, you ever see? Well, actually, it's funny. In upload, they have it. They have like the phone basically implanted in their hand, and they just kind of open up their hand and they see like basically a FaceTime view of uh, the other person. It's kind of crazy. What do you think of? Uh, I read about one company in I think Sweden. I think there's a few companies like this where the employees get uh, an RFID chip implanted right under their skin. And that allows, it's like a badge that they can use to get into their office, but it's like implanted into their skin. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I would opt out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, is, is it mandatory or no, right? Uh, no, right. I don't think it's mandatory, right. but it's if like it's a, a convenience. <laughs> I don't know. Is it convenient though? I mean, now it's in your skin. I don't know. No, I, I wouldn't do it. 100%. Well, speaking of things you would or wouldn't do, Roy, why don't you choose our topics today? Topic. Oh, topic. man. This is going to be a controversial episode. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> That's what we need right, right. now. Controversy. <laughs> uh, what's something that you think every person should experience in their lifetime? Okay. So, do you want to go first? Oh, man. I'll go. Wait, okay. I want to be upset. <laughs> Uh, right, you yeah, you go first, Jeff. You go first. Okay. Well, I would highly recommend, and of course, this is dependent on when things are safe again. Uh, I would highly recommend traveling, um, traveling to different places, especially when you're young. Uh, I know some there are some listeners out there uh, who are are younger than us, and uh, I think that uh, if you can travel, uh, do it, do it, do it, do it as much as possible. See what life is like out there for other people. See. How they view, you know, you and your worldview. See how you know, see how they. Let me phrase this. See what life is like for them. See, let them see what life is like for you. Stay a while, you know, and um, you know, try to absorb as much perspective as possible, and you'll really appreciate uh, your life and you know other things. I think so. I'd say the main thing I think people should experience in lifetime is to travel this world while you can. Um, to be honest, I, I chose the same thing as Jeff. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll add, um, just to elaborate on what Jeff said, you know, obviously with me, you know, I live in Japan. I probably, <laughs> I don't know if you could expect me to choose anything, but travel for my, uh, recommended life experience. And I just want to add, um, I would recommend traveling particularly to a country that has a lower standard of living than the country that you were raised in. And to stay there for at least a couple of weeks. Um, I, I came to Japan when I was out of college and uh, I, there are just so many different things about life here compared to life where I grew up in South Florida. And uh, there were things that I thought were kind of universal truths among humanity in general. And when I moved to Japan, I realized that they were just localized to where I grew up. And I think if I hadn't had that experience in living somewhere else, I would have lived my whole life just assuming, taking a lot of things for granted about life. Um, I can give you a very simple example, which sounds 
might, uh, which might sound, um, you know, insignificant, but it actually in the long term is pretty sig significant. So, you know, you guys can back me up that in Florida, it's pretty hot and, uh, we always have the AC running. Yep. You don't walk into a room that's not air conditioned. Um, just no, doesn't happen. If it does, yeah, I mean, if, if it does, it's like, what's wrong with the AC? Um, in Japan, uh, centralized cooling is extremely rare, particularly in homes. And uh, so you have like a very, um, you don't have centralized air conditioning. You have maybe a, a small air conditioning unit that will that'll adjust the temperature of a specific room, but that doesn't get carried throughout the whole house. So if you live in, if you're like in the living room and you, you can set it the temperature you want, and then you have to go to the bathroom, the bathroom, if it's summertime, it'll be hot in there or it'll be cold in the winter. And that was something that was so odd to me. And uh, also when you sleep, it's customary to turn off the AC before you sleep here. Um, and I thought that was such a stupid thing at first until I realized why, which was because you turn off the AC um, and, you know, the, the temperature goes back to whatever the ambient temperature is outside. But um, if you leave it on, you're sitting basically right in front of the unit and uh, getting hit directly by whether it's cold air or hot air, depending on the season. And then when you wake up the next morning, you'll literally feel sick. And when I realized that, it's like the, the cost of possibly like losing sleep in the summer is much lower compared to having the cold air belt you your throat basically, and then you wake up and uh, you feel like you have like strep throat the next morning. And it takes like two days to go away. It's like terrible. Um, so I guess basically what I what I want to say is like growing up in South Florida, I felt like you're entitled to having the room a specific temperature at all times of the day. And when I came to Japan, I realized how much of a luxury that was. Even Japan, I mean Japan is a pretty, you know, industrialized nation. It's not like it's a third world country or anything, but just the the culture with air conditioning is very different. So when I go back to Florida, um, I, I guess the, the biggest way it's changed me is the fact that I can, I can adjust myself to whatever the temperature is. Like I don't walk into a room and say, it's hot. I need to change the temperature immediately. I'm okay with like, um, like, uh, I can put up with the temperature for, I can endure the temperature for, um, pretty long period of time. And, um, this is so like, this is all just comparing like South Florida to Japan. When I was, while I was living in Japan, I did some traveling to Southeast Asia and visited countries like, um, I visited like Bali uh, and Indonesia and uh, Cebu. And, uh, you know, when you go to those countries, usually you stay like, um, in a nice hotel, right? We're Westerners. But, um, being the explorer that I am, I completely left my hotel compound and I walked into like the normal town where the, uh, the other folk do their living. And it was just such a shock to me to see the way that they live 
and uh, the luxuries that they lack. Um, a lot of people lived in houses that didn't even have four walls um, or doors. And uh, I was speaking to them. That you were staying in a swanky hotel? <laughs> yeah, well, they know. They knew. <laughs> Okay. They could tell. As soon as you so as soon as I walked off of the hotel compound and like entered their area of the town, like they were staring at me hard. Okay. Uh it actually made me feel pretty uncomfortable. Um you know, I'm thinking, you know, like, I'm, look, I'm, look at was, this look at this motherfucker with four walls around him. <laughs> Thinks he's better than us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna go get some like authentic local food, right? I'm I'm thinking I'm not gonna pay this, you know, pay for this overpriced hotel food for, you know. I know it's that's not the cost of a of a gapa or something. I know, sure, it costs less than twenty dollars from the hotel. So I'm thinking I'm gonna walk off the hotel and eat where the local people eat. Not a good idea. Um, they so I went. I approached the first, I guess, quote unquote, restaurant that I found, um, and uh, I mean, this is like maybe a, almost like almost a mile away from my from my hotel. It's not like they're close, but um, you know, there's like pre cooked food sitting on a plate, and there's like flies flying around it, and the people inside are not like particularly like showered or you know <laughs> bathed or. Um, it's just so different compared to, you know, I, I had just taken a shower in my hotel and I'm like, you know, all happy and dapper. And it was just uh, such a difference and uh, really got me thinking about how, I guess, I mean, how the other half lives. It's It sounds cliche, but it really changed my perspective on life um, for the better, I would say, just because it makes you appreciate if you're from uh, a first world nation like the United States or or Japan. um, It just makes you appreciate what you have and not take anything for granted anymore. And even just going to one of those places for a week or so um, was enough to shape my, my thoughts on it. So I think it's something that everyone should experience. Um, I think a lot of people in America kind of take living there for granted, take a lot of the luxuries that they have for granted, take a lot of the technological um, conveniences for granted. And uh, it really is enriching to visit other countries. Do you you not shower anymore? (laughs) <laughs> what you learned from them um i appreciate showers more <laughs> okay i um i have to sleep with ac in the summer and uh mm-hmm. i experienced a similar phenomenon because i went to my girlfriend's mom's house in thailand um in in bangkok not in bangkok in samut Sakon. anyway um and it was as you described where there's no central AC. It's just little box ACs in the individual rooms. And I told my girlfriend, 
I'm like, you gotta have it on full blast all night because <laughs> I won't be able to sleep. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, she understood, and 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 we did. <laughs> we had it on all night. And I don't know, maybe I had a sore throat in the morning, but it was worth it because I was able to sleep. I just I can't sleep when I'm like sweaty and hot. Um, yeah, so, I understand that. But maybe I, I would get used to it. Yeah. The important thing is the uh, is traveling while you're young, because I think once you pass a certain age, probably I would say once you're in your late twenties you're kind of um it's really hard to adapt to anything less than what you grew up with i was just going to say also for a, an extended period of time at least a week uh preferably three weeks or so yeah i agree with that i really feel like it definitely you know it just helps you know it just helps build that perspective and just really you know do some introspection and wear down your vulnerabilities i've seen people that i've traveled with become different type of people. And I feel like when you travel with someone, you see what they're really like when they're in their most vulnerable position where they're in a place where maybe they don't know the language and they have to, you have to rely on them and they have to rely on you. And you feel either close to them or you feel as far removed from them as possible because you now kind of see what they're like when their confidence is stripped away. I will yeah. say this though. Uh, I agree with everything you guys say 100%. Um, however, I did have uh, an ex-girlfriend who would say things like, um, like, oh, Roy, like, you don't understand things because you haven't traveled to Europe like I have. And she had just, she spent one week in Dublin and one week in London. And that was the extent <laughs> of her travels around the world. And I'm like, you don't know anything about anything. You just, you literally went to like the most touristy city in each of those countries and just did the touristy things in those countries. And then she felt like she had uh, like gained this valuable perspective on life. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's kind of like experiencing, experiencing how the locals live. Um, but I, I feel like there is, uh, the sense that that just traveling to the hot spots uh, confers some sort of wisdom uh, when that's not necessarily so. You'll find that there's a lot of disparate opinions if you travel to other parts of England that are not London. Um, right. So, so that's another thing I see people do is they kind of do informal polls of the people that they visit and then they mm -hmm. imagine that that's representative, which is silly because, of course, if you came to America, if you came to the U.S., and you asked the opinion of only the people you met in New York City, like, what do you think of America? You would get a much different answer than if you asked somebody in Iowa or, or in the Midwest or something. Um, Funny you say that, because when I was in London, I went with, I was with my brother, actually. We, we got a little lost. And we, I asked somebody some directions, and he, he had this very thick English accent. It's like, Sorry, mate. I don't know. And I'm like, wait, but it, it like it didn't dawn on me that someone could be visiting London, who who was <laughs> English and wouldn't know where to where to go. I'm like, but you're but you're English though. You you don't know where. To, no, I'm I'm just visiting too. I, I'm also. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I I thought maybe he was messing with me, but I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just really naive. 
Anyway. All right. Well, Roy, how about you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Is it up to me? Is it on me? Yeah, it's your turn now. All right. What I find is that people who have been really sick at some point in their life and then made a full recovery uh, have a certain appreciation for health and being healthy that someone who hasn't been that sick uh, might take for granted. And uh, like for me personally, I've had a couple instances. So in high school, uh, <laughs> you remember Jeff because you were there. I do remember. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a seizure. Um, and that wasn't the only seizure that I had, the one you saw. I actually had a, a string of them in high school. Um, and it, it's like a very scary experience. And um, like as you're uh, coming to from a seizure, it, it's you don't really know what's happening. You're like, oh, am I dead? Like, like it's just a bizarre feeling. Um, and uh, yeah, and and that experience was scary. And that um, later on after college, uh, I had mono, which. I think most people think of mono as, as like you're really tired. It's like the the tired disease. But uh I felt like I was going to die when I had mono because uh what happens is like your throat, my throat got so sore that I couldn't swallow anything. I couldn't even swallow my own saliva and um so I couldn't eat anything cuz it was too painful and I couldn't even fall asleep it was too painful and so i would be up for like 48 hours straight and uh and that was a horrible feeling but after recovering from that i'm like man being healthy is is the greatest feeling on earth and then uh after those experiences i find i i don't um i don't get as bothered by small nuisances or trivial things in life. I still do a little bit. But but uh then I take a moment and I think about the times that I was really unhealthy and then I think how silly it is to to make a big deal out of some nuisance when when I still have my health. And um yeah, it's it's made me uh, appreciate it more and appreciate that, that that's kind of the most important thing you have when you're young. Um and and a lot of people take it for granted. Yeah, I I would say that uh, what what from my hearing what you're saying is I, I think a lot of people don't appreciate the fragility of their lives. I was debating between that answer and saying to a uh, volunteer at a nursing home, which uh, but it's kind of the same logic, the same rationale is, is that like you said, you learn about the fragility of life. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I would sooner recommend someone uh, volunteer at a nursing home than getting <laughs> sick. Um, oh, I would go with that. You guys want to recommend anything? Okay. I had nothing. I just I, I finished watching Alone, so I'm gonna plug it a third time and just say it's a, it's a great series. It's one sure. of the, my favorite TV shows I've watched. I don't watch a lot of TV, um, and it's one of the best things I've watched in, in like the last five ten years. I really enjoyed it. All right. Uh, well, I, I have a book I, I want to recommend. Um, it's uh, it's called Mobituaries. That's obituaries with an M at the front. Um, it's by Mo Rocca. 
who was a correspondent uh, on CBS, and it's a collection of uh, of accounts about underappreciated people in history. Uh, just he talks about the great things that Herbert Hoover did before he became president, uh, the real story behind Fanny Bryce, who was the basis of Funny Girl. So I recommend it. Mo Obituaries by Mo Rocca, available on Amazon. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Uh, let us know if the topic you want us to cover by sending us a message at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast the number two, coast number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. And before we go, I just want to mention, if you're interested in being on the show, send us an email. Tell us why you think you should be on the show. Let us know your opinion. Tell us your worldview. We might actually have you on the show. So if you want to be on the show, send us an email. Once again, coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your comments, your criticisms, anything you want. We'll have you on the show, maybe. We'll talk to you all next week.